Hello and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. This is the February-March installment of our segment, This Month in the Apocalypse, and I'm calling it the February-March episode because we're recording in February and we're talking about February, but you're going to be listening to it in March, most likely. I'm Brooke Jackson, and with me today, as usual, are the quick-thinking Cassandra and the fast-acting Margaret Kiljoy. I don't know if that's accurate. (laughs) I'm at least fast-talking sometimes, especially when I'm hyper. (laughs) Today I'm hyper. Half of what I'm going to talk about today is brain fog and how it impacts me. (laughs) Nice. Well, before we get into today's episode, we'd like to share a little something-something from another one of the swiftly streaming podcasts on the Channel Zero Network of Anarchist Podcasts. KiteLine is a weekly 30-minute radio program focusing on issues in the prison system. You'll hear news along with stories from prisoners and former prisoners as well as their loved ones. You'll learn what prison is, how it functions, and how it impacts all of us. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand-to-hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. You can hear us on the Channel Zero Network and find out more at kitelineradio.noblogs.org. <laughs> and we're back. Cass, Margaret, how are you feeling today? I just had my first sip of tea. I have been doom scrolling so hard that I didn't sleep last night because of all the anti-trans legislation. So I didn't sleep enough. And then I ate um, a protein cookie and pretended like it was food. So I'm great. And you don't do caffeine at all, not even tea. No. Yeah. A bunch of sugar and protein in a cookie form is my equivalent of like making me immediately hyper. (laughs) All right. Because I don't fuck with caffeine. I'm straight edge except for alcohol. Well, good. You should take all that energy and tell us some things. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. I'm first. Okay. February has been a big month for the apocalypse. Um, the apocalypse is coming in hard with um, a bunch of mostly really bad shit. I think that the biggest story um, or whatever the earthquake that happened in Turkey and Syria was really fucking bad. Everyone probably already knows this as of when I'm recording it, the death toll stands at about 50,000 people in Turkey and Syria. Um, That's those numbers are still expected to go up. And a lot of it has to do with poverty and with buildings that are not built to withstand earthquakes. This is happening in a a poorer region Mm. and that is absolutely affecting everything. Um, I don't have as much information about that to relay, but I just feel like it's like the single most, like now I'm going to talk about the fucking balloons and I hate the fucking balloons and I want people to know that like (laughs) the earthquake is more important. But on February 14th, I think, I don't remember, I wrote down February 14th, but you think I'd remember that it was Valentine's Day. A surveillance balloon possibly. There's a Chinese balloon and the U.S. shot it down. It was a really actually big balloon and it probably included some surveillance equipment. China was like, it's civilian. The U.S. is like, no, it was military. Um, I'm not stressed about it because I expect the U.S. government is surveilling me and I don't really give a shit of some other country. Like, <laughs> whatever. I don't fucking care. It may have been capturing cell transmissions and shit over the U.S. Uh, but then, of course, this sets off this like 
massive paranoia where everyone's like balloons are trying to get us those chinese balloons and so the u.s like scrambled the balloons are coming for us doomsday mechanisms (laughs) i mean it's the balloons clearly they are creepy actually this is funny my my dad is phobic of hot air balloons i'm sorry to reveal this about you dad um and I don't Dude. know, because he was always like, no, they're just there. They're on the horizon. They're creepy. Like, he's not afraid of being in them. He's afraid of them, like, on the horizon. One of my most traumatizing childhood moments was this hot air balloon show was, like, going over the neighborhood. And I was spinning in circles, staring upward, watching them as yeah. one does. Uh, and forgot that my mom had a whole, like, row of rose bushes. Um, uh-huh. And then spent the whole afternoon having like rose thorns picked out of my ass. So, so that's all to say that I don't <sighs> think your dad's insane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the the U.S. government scrambled a bunch of fighter jets to shoot down a whole bunch of other balloons, um, all of which, like, the government is like, we do not believe that they were surveillance balloons, but we don't know. And the reason that they're saying we don't know is because, well, one, they obliterated tiny balloons with missiles, so there's, like, not a lot left. Um, there's, like, mil- like, half a million dollar missiles being shot at these fucking things, one of which missed. Of course. They missed a fucking balloon over Lake Huron and then it like fell into the lake and they're like, no one was harmed. And I'm like, great. I feel so fucking good that the government is shooting missiles at the U.S. That makes that's And so probably those balloons are like amateur weather balloons. Like people like do this where you're like, I'm going to get a balloon and like put a bunch of equipment on it and send it up into the sky. And it's cool. Right. Um, And because you can like see the stuff and. So fortunately, the U.S. government is there to protect us against amateur weather and radio fans. You know, you know, our friends over at that other podcast have been saying we should nuke the Great Lakes. So I think this was just a trial run to. Uh... Yeah, fuck. Robert Evans is like actually is the one Evans. who got them to shoot missiles. At... Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, or he's a prophet. Um, That's what I was going to say. Speaking of prophets, but actually in both mentioned versions of that word, there was a massive disaster on February 3rd in East Palestine, Ohio, because it's not pronounced Palestine, in which a train carrying a bunch of toxic mm. shit uh, had overheated wheel bearings and derailed. It passed like a bunch of sensors that were like detect overheated stuff. And then like on the last one, it was like, hey, you're overheating. And then it crashed. Um, this overturned 11 toxic cars out of a bunch more car- cars overturned, but 11 of them were full of toxic chemicals, including vinyl chloride, but also a bunch of other shit. Uh, 115,000 gallons of vinyl chloride were let loose. And then they were like, all right, well, we better set this shit on fire. I'm not actually even going to like talk shit on the fact that they set it on fire. It might've been the best thing that they could do in that circumstances. There is a lot of stuff that is implying that the government and you know uh, Norfolk Southern and all that are like downplaying the degree to this disaster. It is a massive disaster. It is a big fucking deal, and the people involved should be held accountable. And there's like all kinds of stuff about how um, a lot of the deregulation, and of course, you know, the fact doesn't help that Biden like stopped a railroad strike for better safety conditions because yeah. that's basically what <laughs> a huge part of what people are striking for. And they absolutely are like the numbers are trending upwards. They're like, it's not a big deal. And they're like, hey, there's a bunch of dead fish. And people were like, there are 4,000 dead fish. And they had a very specific number. 
and it might not have been that number. It was like 300, 800, 3,850 or something. As of this morning, when I double checked, they're up to 43,000 dead aquatic animals. That's 10 times the previous claim. I understand why people are skeptical of these claims. They're probably not forever chemicals. These are the sorts of chemicals that will break down. However, no one knows the long-term effects of the exposure that people have already had to these chemicals. Um, And it's fucked up. Norfolk Southern stock has dropped, but not as precipitously as you would might like. Um, It's not even as low as it was last October. It just like took a dip. Uh, So buy the dip, everyone. Go out and buy. Don't do this. Don't go out and buy Norfolk Southern stock. Okay. That's what I know about that. Other people might know more about it. Oh, I was just going to say that. Next. The EPA seemed pretty like firm with them, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the response I expected. Oh, were you wagging your finger at me or like <laughs> you're the EPA? Yeah, they were like I was being the EPA. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, because we're in, we're in a visual medium here, right? With a podcast. So I mean, I watched the recording everyone and the guy can was see like, me doing that. Yeah, everyone basically can like if yeah. y'all don't do this up to our standards, we will do it and then bill you. And not just like you'll get the bill, but we'll bill you a certain number of times the amount that it actually cost us as a penalty. Mm. Yeah, it's something. I don't know. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing, when I when I led with the transition of profits in both sense of the word, about a week before this disaster, I watched the Netflix movie White Noise based on the 1980s novel called White Noise, in which a toxic chemical train spill in East Palestine, Ohio happens and fucks everything up. And it fucks with my head just straight up. It fucks with my head that I watched a movie about a natural disaster and then not natural disaster, a man-made disaster. Uh, and then a week later it happened in the same town of 5,000 fucking people for 4,000. Maybe you're not a prophet. Maybe actually, uh, your, your, Oh no, I'm not a prophet. Just like, determines all of reality no 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 no. i don't think I, this no is i me. think that i think this what is happens in your head is then what happens in the outside world it went i think that's time. more plausible uh, yeah that seems right so don't okay, think anything okay. this is a really good thing to tell someone who lives alone i mean it, clearly anyone who reaches right. a certain level of podcasting fame then, then develops reality. the power to <laughs> cause things to happen mm-hmm. yeah that's what we're saying here. Good to know. <laughs> and then everyone lived in a happy anarchist society for all times in which everyone was equal, except Margaret was you a little bit like more equal. We just like went over this. In the morning. <laughs> yeah, well, I shouldn't have more of something I want. That would be fucked up. <laughs> the weirdest Catholic version of anarchist utopia I've ever heard. <laughs> Hi, I'm Margaret <laughs> <laughs> all right so speaking of other bad shit that happened this year or actually well okay the thing that happened in february is is the one year anniversary of the ukraine war uh as currently stands it's fallen out of the news cycle <laughs> the which means that no one is dying anymore and everything is fine except that pbs are, still does it yeah, i think so um to just throw a tiny amount of credit over cool. there but yeah no, actually, and it's funny because people talk mad shit about mainstream news and, and for good reason. But like overall, I think mainstream news is a little bit better of a job than like Twitter at like 
staying attached to stories over time rather than just like chasing the clicks, which is fucking saying something because that is what mainstream news was notoriously bad at. I just think social media is even worse at it. Um, On the other hand, it's not the job of the random Twitter person to. Okay, so. The Ukraine war is largely at a stalemate, as stands Russia holds 17% of Ukraine, um, an area twice the size of Italy. Uh, It's less than they controlled at the beginning of the war by a decent amount, um, and specifically almost all their holdings are in the east. And it's been like slowly being chipped away at overall is kind of the general thing. Uh, Most foreign fighters left after a few months. It went down, there was 20,000 foreign fighters, mostly like vets of various other countries who were like, well, fuck an invasion. I'm, a lot of people were like, I think actually a lot of people were like, well, I fought in all of these like evil US wars because I like worked for the US government. Here's a just war. And people went like chasing a just war, right? Um, it's down from about 20,000 foreign fighters to 2,000 foreign fighters as the war drags on. China is calling for peace talks right now. Um, and more might have happened by the time you hear this. Like this is like news from yesterday and today. And their position is like, I mean, overall, they're trying to present themselves as neutral, but like overall, they're like, this is a war of Western aggression, you know, Um, this is a war, um, you know, Ukraine shouldn't have dressed like that if it didn't want to get attacked. Um, They've four times abstained. Thank you. Thank you for laughing at my off call. Oh, it's awful. And... Yeah, I mean, because that, that that is what it comes down to, this idea of, like, we had to invade you because you were getting too close to our borders with your power or whatever. Like, you can't fucking justify a lot of people shoot another you, country for that reason. They're opposing U.S. imperialism, Margaret. Yeah, they do. NATO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's China's position. They're with the U.S. tankies, or rather the U.S. tankies are with them. They have four times abstained from voting in the U.N. votes to ask Russia to withdraw its troops. It's possible also that China is like trying to get in. And this is like everyone. This is the actual imperialism from my point of view about all this. Is everyone calling for these peace talks? A lot of it is that they're like they want in on the economic reconstruction, a.k.a. they want like their economic interests and the capitalism to to do their thing just to China it's slightly more state capitalism in the US it's slightly China's more China's not capitalist Margaret what are you talking about Oh right about? sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they want to bring their people's army and, and I love that it. it's like the tankies <laughs> pretending that Russia is fucking communist anyway um the number of russian soldiers in ukraine is going up which you know whatever fuck them 824 such Russian soldiers a day are dying in Ukraine in February, uh, which is the highest rate since the invasion started. Between 180,000 and 270,000 Russians have died in the war in the past year. Um, And for comparison, Russia is this huge place. And we think about like how Russia just like bled people during World War II, you know, Um, Russia is only half the population of the United States. And so this is so when you think about percentage wise, if you think about it's like, a you know, the equivalent of half a million um, people dying in one year in a dumb fucking war, about 100,000 Ukrainian soldiers have died. Um, they claim that 13,000 of their soldiers have died. 
vaguely neutral observers from the outside have claimed that 100,000 of them yeah. died, which is like their, their like kill rate. Oh God, I'm not even going to pretend to put this in video game terms. It's <laughs> fucked up. And also another 30,000 or so civilians, Ukrainian okay. civilians have died, like directly, tons more displaced. Everything's fucked up. It's war. I haven't been able to get a recent number for the total number of arrests in Russia, but it's like worth really understanding how much a lot of Russians do fucking not want this to happen. There were 15,000 people arrested protesting against the war in like the first month of the war alone. And there's thousands wow. more at various other times, but I wasn't able to find a total count. And, you know, in case anyone needs any reminding that nationalism, nationalism is garbage, between half a million and a million Russians have fled uh, rather than be conscripted and fight in this stupid fucking bullshit. Um, and 200 or so Russians are actively fighting for Ukraine. There is no out good outside guess. That is a guess from one of these Russian fighters. And they all have different reasons. Um, I am aware of there being Russian anarchists. I was not able to find more information about that. Um, most of the anarchists that I know from other countries, I think, are um, more involved in directing solidarity goods, uh, except for Belarus. There's a lot of anarchist fighters in Ukraine. Anyway, of the 200 or so fighters, the the one I was able to find the specific motive for is he's doing it uh, as his Christian duty to stop invasions. And... Let's see. Okay, almost done with the Russian war thing. Dutch intelligence reports that Russia is mapping power and gas infrastructure in the North Sea for potential attack. This came out like yesterday. So who knows what will happen with that. And then it's also kind of worth knowing there's like all of these like anti-war rallies happening around the war, uh, around the world. And most of them are like about trying to stop the Russian invasion of Ukraine, right? They're like, hey, this war is fucked up, a.k.a. Russia is fucked up. But in the U.S., we get a different kind of anti-war movement. We get an anti-war movement that's a weird collection of tankies and Nazis coming <laughs> Margaret, together like a Molotov Ribbentrop pact to Stalin. say... Stop the Stalin yeah, to say stop the, the war the machine. Whole reason the, no, I'm, I'm not gonna... <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Um, oh, the, the joke, argument know goes the, the the reason the Nazis were defeated was solely because um, of Stalin. Therefore, you know, the Soviet Union never, never, ever could have allied with the Nazis, even though we have historical records that show that they did. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the beginning, Russia was yeah. like, hey, allies, can we hang out with you? Germany's looking real weird. And the allies were like, I'm not sure. And so then Russia was like, uh, the USSR was like, hey, Nazis, can we hang out yep. with you? We know bad shit's about to happen. And they were like, yeah, bud, totally. And the USSR sent them tons of aid, just literal material tons of aid. Um, and collectively, they mapped out where which countries they were going to invade together. And they mm -hmm. invaded... Um, Poland together. Mm -hmm. It's Poland. Am I getting that right? Um, and then Germany was like, JK, surprise right. attack. And then the USSR <laughs> was like, okay, we're against you. And then fucking yeah. millions of Russians died to defeat the Nazis. And that needs to be understood and respected. But like Stalin was like making them, there's like reports from survivors. This is totally what this episode's about. Um, there's like reports from survivors who were like forced to charge Nazi tanks barehanded. Um, and so like 
the high numbers of Russian dead wasn't because Stalin ruled. The high numbers is because Stalin fucking sucks. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's also the whole, like, the, the line that, like, the USSR saved the Jews or whatever, when, which was just, like, totally ignored. But, yeah. Oh, we won't talk one. about how yeah. Jews were treated yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, when they signed the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, USSR Tinky is not modern is. Russia, but there's an anti-war movement. So that's okay. That's Ukraine. Now, the trans laws, the thing that has me up all night. Yesterday, I believe, the Tennessee House passed a bill. And now this was misrepresented, and I accidentally misrepresented this too because I, I um, trusted a, a Twitterer who trusted a news article from a mainstream mm. source. Um, that Okay, a Tennessee House did pass this bill. And by the time you're listening to this, probably their fucking Senate and governor have signed off on it. But the article was like, and now it goes up to the governor. Uh, it doesn't. It goes to the Senate first. And a lot of really shitty laws pass the House, but not the Senate in like any given place. So there's like still hope, but I'm not full of fucking hope because a lot of these types of laws are passing right now. The type of law I'm talking about, this is an anti-drag law. Mm -hmm. And these anti-drag laws, they're similar ones proposed around the country. And all the details are a little bit different. But the overall idea is that if anyone who is a male or female impersonator, a.k.a. a cross-dresser, a.k.a. me living my fucking life... Um, or a drag performer, um, if they perform and if it's like in any way, like some places just like right. literally if they perform or exist in public and in other ones, the Tennessee law is a little bit like, and they perform in a way that has any kind of like sexual titillation or whatever, um, then that has to be the, the venue that that is, is now a strip club legally. Or like needs to be a like eighteen plus so adult subjective. entertainment cabaret or whatever the fuck. Like who's deciding if something's sexual? <laughs> uh huh. And it is. Uh, first cops, then judges. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Karens who call it. I Don't trust. forget about the Bob. To the bottom of my nothing. Yeah. No. Totally. They're the first step in it. So that is the literal criminalization of being trans in public. Yeah. There are nine anti-trans laws on the books right now in Oregon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's 14 other states with similar anti-drag laws in the works, including Oklahoma, Texas, Arizona, and Idaho. And I just didn't find the full list. I found people like a couple different places giving like short versions of the list. South Dakota did just pass a law, like not just the house or whatever, but like it's fucking signed that forces trans youth to detransition. Um, and Utah passed a law um, against trans youth also very recently uh, or against um, allowing trans youth to transition. But I don't believe it forcibly detransitioned. I believe that this one in South Dakota is the first one to force detransition, um, which from my point of view, pretty much means that families with trans children who can't afford to move are going to have their trans kids run away or kill themselves. Just like, frankly. 
Um, I'm not recommending, I'm recommending if you're a trans youth to in a place that is affected by this, to get in touch with community, to try and help you and your family get out of that situation. Um, that is what I'm directly recommending. But the, the reason that doctors believe in gender affirming care for trans youth is that it lowers the rates of death substantially. Um, Oklahoma is currently considering a bill to ban gender affirming care to adults. Is anyone that the one under that's the age of 26? In Oklahoma. I can't remember which bill um, I was reading. I was reading about one that was worded in such a way where gender affirming care also ended up including things like hormones for cis women dealing with menopause. Like it was so broad sweeping that like I just don't think people consider the broader implications. You know what I mean? I I I don't know whether this one was that one, but I it, it wouldn't surprise me. And I feel like people pass laws like that all the time. And then it's just like, no one's going to actually stop cis women from accessing hormones for menopause, you know, or like, you know, people dealing with prostate cancer often take hormones and, you know, testosterone blockers and things like that. And like, um, all the shit is overbroad, like crazy, but not in a way where I feel like, oh, it's overbroad. It'll get struck down. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it's going to get targetedly used against, trans people against the left. Um, and 5% of US uh, people in the US who are under the age of 25 identify as trans or like non-binary in some way compared to 0.5% of the rest of the population as a whole. And I would like to, it, don't make me tap the sign of the that graph of chart of left-handedness as the <laughs> chart of left-handedness. Like once they stopped letting, once they started letting people be left-handed, it goes up and then it <laughs> caps itself, you know? And every major medical association in America recognizes that gender affirming care for youth saves lives. That is not a, I assume everyone listening to this already knows this shit, but it's like worth fucking knowing. This is not a like medically contested issue. You know, this is like, and I don't, I'm not like, man, you know who I trust immediately? The medical institution. They always have our backs, right? <laughs> but they do in this case because they're not fucking, ah, God. Um, that's what I've got to talk about this week, <laughs> month. John Stewart did a good piece Whatever, on the, it's been a um, long gender affirming care that maybe everyone's already seen because it was he really did. a little while ago, but mm -hmm. was, uh, yeah. you know, citing those. Yeah, um, I saw that. Just what you're exactly what you're yeah. saying there, Margaret, about every every major medical organization in the U.S. And honestly, mm -hmm. it has been one of the only cis people I've seen talking about it in public. Um, the silence from cis people has been deafening. And if you are cis and listening to this, I'm hoping that if you've been silent about it, I'm hoping that the reason you've been silent about it is because you're afraid of taking up too much of the conversation. Because we do have this mm -hmm. way of talking about social issues right now where people are afraid to talk about issues that don't directly affect them. Um, and I think that that is a misstep. Um, and that it will take cis people talking about this um, angrily before anything will change. Because when it's just trans people and sometimes their immediate families um, who are showing up to protest, everyone's going to be like, well, fuck those pedo whatever, fuck whatever fucking bullshit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so from my point of view, the part of the reason this keeps me up at night is not because the Nazis want to kill me. They've wanted to kill me for a long time. They've sent me letters to this effect with like my parents' address in it, you know? It's that 
when I don't feel supported um, is when I feel the most lost about all of this stuff, just frankly. Um, and so sometimes like that support is like, like Margaret's guide to being supportive to your trans friends is like, like sometimes like random people messaging me to be like, I see you, you're valid. I'm like, that's great. I don't, I I don't need that from strangers. Um, what I need from strangers is for people to talk to the people they're around, um, and, and say shit about this. Mm. You know, um, I have a, I know I'm valid. I have a, a supportive family and I have a supportive, uh, network of friends and all of that, you know? Um, yeah, sorry. This is, no, I was gonna. <laughs> I mean, all of these things that we're going to talk about are big deals, but you know, this one affects me very directly. No, I appreciate you saying more about it because I was going to ask follow up questions about, like, you know, showing support and and good ways to do that. So, thanks for talking about that. Be fucking angry, like you know, and it's like, and it's as stuff like, it's also all part of misogyny, like because people want to control people's bodies, and so trans men are affected by this because they're like leaving womanhood behind and that's bad or whatever. And then of course, trans women are like the reason that people don't want us to exist is, is a weird protect the women thing. <sighs> right. And so like when cis women are loudly, like, no, I would rather have this trans woman in the bathroom with me than like, I don't know, someone who's like peeking under stalls to make sure no one has a penis. Like, People being loud about that kind of support. There's this brilliant video of this um, person who I believe is a cis woman who's like getting gender policed by a Karen in a bathroom. I saw and that. refuses yeah. to answer whether or not she it's has good. a dick. Um, I haven't. Yeah, it it fucking that gives me hope. Um, so, but like reverse reverse Karen. Okay, yeah. I just bookmarked that yeah. so I can watch it after. We should start a, a Nazis know our parents' address club. Karen, right? <laughs> and then, like, I, it, it's funny. I try not to talk too much about my family in this podcast. But then again, the Nazis already know where they live. Um, like, my dad's a fucking ex-Marine with an anger management <laughs> issue who loves his trans daughter. <laughs> I mean, How in my situation, my parents would have been like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, who's next? Okay. <laughs> Should we talk about happier things? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, we don't have What podcast are we on? <laughs> uh, I, I genuinely can't remember who's next. Is it you, Brooke? Okay. Allegedly, no, if no. something you have segues better. No, then, the world. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm all for it. I had a good segue from the war thing, but then we then we start talking about the transition. I, I think I the world is shit. There are lots from of there. diverse, shitty things to talk about. You know. Well, and even the war thing, it's like you know what Ukraine is fucking holding on a year later. That is a fucking positive story. It is a terrible, horrible story, but they're still fucking there. Yeah, You know, like people thought Ukraine wasn't going to be a country by last summer. Um, That's a really good point. Anyway. Well, speaking of war, wars, war on drugs, drugs, Adderall. 
<laughs> I did it. You're nice. welcome. Um, we did a, I think our August episode or something like that. We, we did a roundup on like shortages, things that were in shortages. Um, and I know we talked about Adderall at one point and being in shortage and why. Um, and that started like last summer sometime, I think August or so was when people started talking about it. The, um, uh, FDA or DEA, I can't remember which one it was that came out with the announcement. I think the FDA came out like late October and said, Hey, we have an Adderall shortage. And everyone said, we fucking know we've been dealing this with this for two or three months now. <laughs> um, and it's gotten worse and it's been, uh, in the news again, um, recently because of just how much worse, uh, it has gotten. And we talked about it previously, you know, we talked about some of the reasons why the shortage was happening. And part of it is a, um, production issue. Uh, it's a very controlled substance. So it's not like manufacturers can just start pumping out a whole bunch more and not just like the creation of the Adderall, but the, um, ingredients that go into it are controlled substances as well. So they can only make so much of that. Um, allegedly there's enough supply of the base ingredients that we shouldn't have this shortage. So is it, sorry, I'm, I'm stupid about Adderall. Is it cause meth? Is that the, oh, okay. Sorry. Continue. That's where I'm going with this, but yeah, that's, that is, that, that is part of the reason okay. it's such a controlled substance because amphetamine is, uh, you know, the main ingredient. It's, it's, uh, people often refer to Adderall as being, you know, legal meth oh, they do. or prescribed meth. I know nothing. And, wow. Uh, that's wild. Okay. Yeah. It seems. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so there have been some reports, um, of folks that haven't been able to get their Adderall and have in fact turned to meth, uh, in order to get the substance they need. And I, and there's not a good sense of how like widespread this is versus, you know, a couple of instances that hit the news. You know, there's at least one story of somebody who um, died in an ER because of meth and they said they were taking the meth because they couldn't get their Adderall prescription. And, you know, meth, you know, historically causes no problems to the brain and doesn't make people say things that are wacky and untrue. <laughs> so we can trust that story, that that's what's happening. <laughs> Um, but the fun conspiracy theory is where I'm going with this that's floating around is that the government is purposely restricting the manufacturer of Adderall to force people to turn to meth to perpetuate the war on drugs. So there you go. Conspiracy theories are fun. Wait, so there's a new conspiracy. It is. Okay, great. <laughs> How do the balloons tie in? Yeah. Is that where they're no, 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 they're delivering. They're getting the Adderall, Adderall out of the country. Like if we there would we have let them come in farther, they would have just released it because everyone wants Adderall. Oh, mm. yeah. I do not. That's sort want of Adderall. true. The part where everyone wants <laughs> yeah. Adderall. No, I don't want Adderall. That's that's a component of this. I'm hyper off a cookie supply issue. Um, is that a uh. uh the prescriptions for Adderall went uh, increased 27% from uh, 2019 to 2022. There were like 35 million prescriptions in the U S which is a fuck ton in uh, 2019. Um, and then it went up to like 45 million by 2021 or 22. And I mean, shocker, everybody's stuck inside with the pandemic. Uh, yeah. Like uh, we over prescribe Adderall for sure. And I, and that is not to say there's not people who 
genuinely need it out there. And I don't mean to, to bash anybody's use of, of that prescription, but um, you know, one of the articles that I was reading, they, you know, how news reports like to pick a human interest story to tell their story. They were talking about this 16 year old uh, female in Utah. Who's like in all of the AP classes, honors classes, getting ready for college and how stressed out she was and obsessed with perfection. And she couldn't get all her stuff done. And then she got an Adderall prescription and uh and now she's able to um get all her homework done and she's acing all her classes and she's ready for college and blah 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 and it's like well yeah i mean you just gave her you just gave her amphetamines (laughs) i mean it's misuse potential go ahead but like the people i know who have adhd and, and take adderall it doesn't impact their system that way you know um and I also think there's a certain, yeah. I see this with yeah. autism as well. There's a certain amount of like, like the left-handed thing that Margaret brought up, you know, like it might seem like, <laughs> it might yeah. seem like an undue spike. When I think about but I'm sure a large percentage of that no, is people who are finally getting care they need. And then also like, I think about, cause I came closer to um, seeking medication for ADHD than I ever have. Um, and what it was for me is that I built my entire life around the fact that I have ADHD. There's a reason that I'm a freelancer. There's a reason that I, you know, travel. There's a reason I work for myself. Like, there's all these things that I've done that have made ADHD not a problem in my life, right? Um, but actually, the beginning of the pandemic made it more of a problem. It made it harder for me because, like, I had to sit in my cabin and work on a computer in order to eat food and stuff, you know? And so like, and I don't thrive in certain environments. And so I was like, man, if I had something that helped me thrive in this environment. Um, Which then makes so. me wonder like how much of that need is attached to capitalism, you know, the like productivity. So yeah. Oh yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So again, I'm like, not. <laughs> yeah. I'm I had like, a, I had a day job, alone, <laughs> you know? With silence. Weird. That sounds like my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it was fine Routine? until I had the day job also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, see, I see. Well, again, I don't, I don't want to like you know, bash anybody that's taking it. I don't want to say no, I don't there are legitimate reasons yeah. and that some of those people didn't need it. But we, uh, we do know that it's overprescribed that you take, you know, young people who are high achieving and we've got them overscheduled and, and oh, yeah. um, everyone I knew in college fucking capitalism. Yes. And all of them. Adderall know. all the time. You yeah. Get the work and then you pump them, you know, <laughs> give them drugs. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so that's part of the problem. Anyway, the uh, the DEA is um, is trying huh. to get you addicted to meth. Is the Wait, I thought story. it was the FDA. <laughs> so you're, okay. And that's why they're shooting some, the balloon. Some acronym. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the... It's the DEA um, because it's the Drug Enforcement Agency. They're the ones trying to gotcha. perpetuate the war on drugs so that they have something Understood. to do. I hope people know when we yeah. are and are being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too, but I'm not optimistic. <laughs> Never take me seriously. That's my answer. Um, I have one other fun conspiracy theory thing. Okay. Um, okay. And it actually came up right after the end of our last recording, and it was kind of a bummer we didn't get it in there. Um, but it's about uh, chicken feed. 
and big uh, chicken. The chicken feed conspiracy <laughs> that something is yep big chicken not and not tyson not that evil chicken but uh it's actually the big big f- fooder uh um you may have heard of this brand called purina dog They're pretty well known for <laughs> creating mm-hmm. pet food yeah they feed cats food. but they yeah. also make um more industrial feeds like like chicken feed and and uh guinea pigs and goats and um i don't even know the full extent of their thing but they make feed for a lot of different kinds of animals and um people started reporting in um july last year that um their chickens and this is uh industrial level and um you know household uh, people chicken in the backyard kind of people crazies like me um that their their egg laying production seemed to be going down and then going through the winter, uh, a lot of a lot of people have talked about their eggs production from their chickens being um, at or very near zero, which uh, I also have been in this boat for a while. My my four girls were not laying any eggs, and it wasn't an old chicken issue. Like they're they're young; they just started laying this last summer. And yes, production goes down in the winter. That's normal, but doesn't usually just completely drop off. So people were posting about it on social medias and talking about it and, and started forming this conspiracy that there's something wrong with um, chicken feed, uh, Purina mainly, because they're one of the biggest suppliers, not just under their name brand, but their sub brands as well. And that something is missing in the chicken feed that's causing them um, not to lay as well. And then lots of people saying, I switched to another brand. I started mixing my own, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly my, my chickens are laying again. Um, and as much as I hate conspiracy theories and don't want to feed into it, I have to say that I also was having the same issue of zero egg production. And then I s- grabbed a protein blend from a different brand and started mixing that into their feed. Huh. See, people and have I'm reported that eggs. they've had their feed tested. They've had their period. It doesn't have tested, to be conspiracy. It contains just the appropriate up. amount of protein. So there's uh-huh. like an, at this point, a month later. Okay. Um, sorry. I was the one who brought this up because I was, I, I raised quail. Um, and so I'm on, mm-hmm. I don't know, poultry, social media. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Chat groups. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently people have gotten their feed tested and it has the appropriate components. So now they're like, is there something added to it? <laughs> Um, that's the new conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I know what it, I know what the problem is. Margaret has the answer. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah, I watched this. No, it's not going to be the answer. Um, no, I watched this documentary called "All Quiet on the Western Front" <laughs> on Netflix last night, and in it, the Imperial <laughs> German soldiers, while they're yeah. occupying France during World War One. They're they're breaking into you farmers' yards <laughs> and stealing the eggs, and so it's actually it's actually imperial German soldiers are breaking into everyone's <laughs> yards and stealing quail eggs and chicken eggs. Oh, okay. Obviously, there are a lot of other factors that genuinely influence chicken uh, egg production, like the amount of light and the temperature, and um, you know, our light levels are not particularly off. They're low this time of year, like always, but it definitely has been a little bit colder on average this winter here for us. Um, but my mother, hi mom, I love you, was like, you need to put a, a heating light on your chickens and they'll lay more, which I did for a month and it didn't affect 
anything. Although that was also after one of the snows that we had too. Can I tell you had, the, too, the so. most wing up version of this um, I've heard? Well, they might have been comfier. Um, and who who knows? Yes, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but the most like you know puppet master version of all of this I've heard is that Purina partnered with some giant egg company that I can't remember the name of right now. Um, who just opened a whole bunch of, starting last fall, opened several massive like egg production facilities. So it's in Purina's best mm. interest to add something to the feed so that our chickens can't lay eggs. And that's why egg prices are through the roof. And now you have to buy the eggs and it's just all, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. Oh, I'm that's sorry. I'm the taking your... I was going to wrap <laughs> with is how much. No, no, you're fine. It's perfect. Perfect segue. Excellent. Yeah, is is uh the prices going up on eggs is all feeding into conspiracy and you know people not thinking about food prices in general have gone up and we feed chickens food things and yeah anyway what Margaret oh just there's some I was reading today that there's some uh, guesses that we might have hit peak food inflation hmm. um, specifically around eggs and meat because basically. No one can get enough money because you can't sell eggs at a certain mm. the way cap the market works. You know you can't sell it at a certain amount, so fewer sell. So right. then whatever, um, and so wholesale egg prices have started dropping. And mm. as of when the article I read came out, this had not yet hit retail egg prices um, because people probably are like, "Well, all right, I can buy them for cheap and sell them for just as much." Fuck yeah. Um, but wholesale egg prices are starting to drop and meat prices are also starting to drop on the wholesale level um, because inflation reduced the profit. Mm, okay. Um, well, the one upside. But, so that's. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's something about Purina feed and we don't know what and that's fine. And the people seem to be switching feeds or making their own and it's fine. I mean, there might be, but like, I don't really care personally. I'm like. I just want. And it's just not a conspiracy. They just fucked up their food. <laughs> and there's other. Right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. There's other complicating factors. Sure. It's not maybe not I, just this one thing. Like, again, you know, we here where Cass and I live have had a colder, a little bit colder winter than average. And that'll slow down production. I don't know yeah. for the U.S. is yeah. in the entirety, but, you know, just an example. Well, there's, there's that saying never at. Never Ooh. attribute to incompetence what can be understood something as malice. No, wait. Never. <laughs> yeah. I know something isn't malice. It's God damn it. <laughs> it's not malice. It's incompetence. Um, it's more likely that yeah. it is incompetence than malice at any given thing that's happening. I mean, yeah. It, it's like very experienced people who are having this issue. Like there's something. There's something. <laughs> Wrong, right? Oh, that's what I mean about that. Sorry, I don't mean incompetence of the chicken keepers. The chicken. That is what we call ourselves, Um, Margaret. I mean the incompetence of Purina. The like Purina, Purina fucking up the feed is probably because they fucked up Yeah, I mean, it's entirely feed, possible that because Purina like, switched to <laughs> cheaper, lower-quality I mean, you know? components to create yeah. their feeds because of Is inflation. that incompetence if it's a giant company? And yeah. There's something in that. <laughs> the one upside of... Yeah. 
<laughs> root cause. Okay, yeah. There you go. Nice. Yeah, it might be greed. Let me just say the happy thing. <laughs> What's the happy thing? What's the happy thing? Is that uh, people have turned to other feed sources. So instead of supporting the big giant megacorp, they're supporting smaller ones. Like I reached out to a, a local person who's um, making their own blends. And uh, I'm going to start using some of that. People have learned how to create their own blends and, and feed their things, which I think it's always great to get away from the industrial uh, manufacturers. So <laughs> I don't know how to jump from chickens to <laughs> this. Um Chickens, avian flu, flu, sickness, bad, long COVID. I raise quail because I'm allergic to chicken eggs because autoimmune disease. Did you know long COVID is kind of like an autoimmune disease? Nice. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Do either of you know anyone with long COVID? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of why I never leave the house. Not because I have it, but because I'm terrified. I mean, um, making rational decisions around safety. I'm, I'm uh, worried I'm having what, it. Oh, well, maybe maybe this will be useful. Yeah, tell me um, when, I, when I first heard about it, so th- some of the symptoms I've heard include fatigue, brain fog, difficulty breathing, joint pain, chest pain, general like lower quality of life, gut issues. <laughs> when I hear that list, I'm like, oh, that's... That sounds like my autoimmune disease. Um, and sure enough, they're realizing that long COVID does have a lot in common with an autoimmune disease. I don't think they're classifying it that way at this point. Like the research is ongoing, but it's just really interesting to me. Um, so apparently something like 11% of people who get COVID-19 will have long COVID, which let's see One study in Nature I read said up to 65 million people are suffering from long COVID, which is apparently a tenth of the number of people worldwide who have had COVID. Wow. So one in 10 people is kind of a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And suddenly, you know, folks at the beginning of COVID who were calling it a mass disabling event Mm -hmm. make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is terrible and funny. I, I read a tweet where someone said, people went on about herd immunity, but now we have herd autoimmunity. Oh, <laughs> it's funny and awful. Blum, blum. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I'm laughing at that because I have an autoimmune disease. I think I should yeah. offer that <laughs> context. So populations impacted. Apparently 4% of folks with long COVID are under 12. Oof. Aside from that, about a third are people under 50, another third are 50 to 60, and then another third are people above 65. So it is impacting people who are our age. You can't have three thirds and four um, percent. I said in addition. <laughs> okay, sorry. Or after that. Math. Just slap me. I read so many studies <laughs> to cobble this all together. <laughs> Don't judge my numbers. Um <laughs> Uh, it's more, I say that to a bookkeeper, uh, it's more predominant in <laughs> transgender folks and women, which is also true of autoimmune diseases. Uh, 75% of people with long COVID were never hospitalized. 75% of those people have not sought medical help for long COVID. And there's also an assumption that a lot of these numbers are actually higher because we all know how reporting has gone down and, and how healthcare is expensive. And if people don't have to go to a hospital or a doctor they won't yeah, you know for sure yeah. is there anyone out there that's still saying um 
long COVID doesn't exist. I, not like the, you know, extremists, but like mainstream for a while was like long COVID is made up. It's not actually happening. Is that still a common thought or is that finally gone away? I, I don't know how common it is. So this is all really curious to me because I have an autoimmune disease and because last month, January, 2023, two different studies came out about Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which I also have, um, and how it increases the likelihood of long COVID. And when that study came out, I started to see a bunch of people talking about long COVID and low-dose naltrexone being a useful approach, which is a medication I take, which Hmm. I cannot get prescribed by a regular doctor because they deny that it's a a useful immunomodulator like remedy. Um, And that's all to say that like, I think I'm hypersensitive to the disbelief around these things. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons this is all fascinating to me. mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the reasons this is fascinating to me is because it's opening up these conversations about these diseases that patients have been talking about for years and have not historically been believed. Often as a symptom of misogyny, right? Yeah, totally. I I don't know anyone who has, you know, something in the spectrum of chronic illness who hasn't gone through like literally years of doctors saying it doesn't exist or you don't have it or it's not that bad. (laughs) Like I had to call my doctor and inform her of what I had, like based on my labs, because she didn't tell me. Um, And so now there's this like, sped up process around long COVID, right? Where like so many people are getting sick all at once that like there was the disbelief and there are the people downplaying it, but like research is catching up at a faster rate, it seems like, which has implications for the broader community, which could be positive. Um, Even though it sucks that, you know, how many, how many million, 65 million people. It's like mRNA, mRNA, vaccines like it's fucking cool that we're suddenly able to get vaccinate for so many more things than we used to and it is absolutely fucked that it took this it took so many people getting this before people were like oh maybe Mm -hmm. it's just not like a the modern version of hysteria the whiny woman disease or whatever Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah i mean i I think there's up until very recently, if you walked into a doctor and were like, I, even if you had a, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a prescription. When they tell you what you, a diagnosis from a previous doctor saying I have chronic fatigue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's highly likely that your new doctor will say that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now suddenly the only word it's like the only words that they have to describe long COVID are these words like chronic fatigue and autoimmune disease. Mm. Um, so suddenly they have to like view them as legitimate. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, but studies are coming out in these like major scientific journals, like nature, um, JMA, what's the other one I was reading, whatever science. Um, so people are taking it seriously and that's not exciting because I wish it didn't exist at all, but it is good. Right. Yeah, the friend that I have... I have a little... Oh, go ahead. Oh, just the friend that I have that has long COVID, he has faced um, 
a lot of that struggle with disbelief. I think he, he got COVID uh, earlier on, or at least not recently. And um, yeah, definitely has faced a lot of like disbelief and extra hurdles and trying to advocate for himself and, and get the kind of care that he needs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I think maybe people need to understand how severe it can be because the umbrella of long COVID, my understanding, like, you know, they're still actively defining this term, but my understanding is that it's people who have at least two symptoms, at least, I think it's two months after Mm. the acute infection goes away. But for some people, it can be so debilitating that like they need walkers or they need, you know, it, it's life altering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I read one study that said that as many as 4 million people are unemployed because of long COVID, wow. um, which is a whole other conversation around like what counts as a disability in this country <laughs> and what doesn't. Yeah. Like I remember when I was first diagnosed with my autoimmune disease and was way less functional than I am now. I was like, why, why would I not qualify for disability? Um, and the answer is that there are a lot of bureaucratic reasons, apparently, mm-hmm. but yeah, who knows? Maybe that will change too. <laughs> well, part of it's because it's the, part of the bureaucracy is that um, they can't take away the um, the designation once they've given it. So they don't want to make it too easy to label you disabled because then you don't, you don't get to go back from being disabled. Or we could just not means test care and anyone who needs care could just have care. (laughs) We don't think you're sick enough. Sorry. Mm. Um, Do you want to hear some more interesting statistics about this? Always. Give me numbers. Okay. Yeah, I know. Brooke's excited. So a study in Germany recently found that people who get COVID have a 30% or had a 30% increase in risk of autoimmune diseases oh. up to a year after their acute infection. So there's active comorbidity there. Wow. And then people who go into COVID having an autoimmune disease have a 25% increase in their chance of contracting additional autoimmune diseases. Oh. Um, but that's all significantly lowered if patients are vaccinated. Yay. there's there's a like crunchy version of autoimmune communities where people are anti-vax oh that's Uh, why you're making angry eyes as soon as you yeah well so these statistics are particularly important right yeah um i'm mad that there's been a lyme vaccine that they just didn't finish studying i'm i could be wrong about this i i don't remember all the details i read a pop science article about it but there was like a there's been a Lyme disease that they can give to dogs, but they just didn't finish studying it in people. Um, and it's been around really? for like 20 years. Yeah. That's infuriating. I, I don't live in Lyme country, so it's not like yeah. this big an issue here, but that's wild. I got Lyme in Oregon, like you near where you live. Um, but and I, and I live in fucking Lyme country, and I've never gotten yeah. Lyme over here. Wow. Yeah, I've got some anyway. family in Idaho that... Um, uh, about 15 years ago, we're battling Lyme and the uh, yeah. one of them had it since a, he was a teenager. Uh, I want a fucking Lyme vaccine. It's like, I think people who play D&D are going to be smarter around risk analysis because 
Anyone who's played D&D knows that 5% chance of something happens means it's going to happen. Like, Yeah, eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because you've had that happen over and over again when you play this. And you also realize that anything that you get that's like a, a plus 5% safer, you always take it, right? Like, and the vaccine is like a 90% safer. And people are like, ah, people still get sick, so therefore it's bullshit. But like, if the vaccine made you 5% safer and you play Dungeons and Dragons, you'll take it. <laughs> it's actually, it's 10%. It's 10% safer. Wait, Even what better. is? Sorry, wait, if you're vaccinated. It's oh, about the autoimmune stuff. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking awesome. about like COVID itself, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like had a fantasy of my high school stats class actually being taught through D and D, and like maybe I would have understood math. Yeah, um, no, it, it like it. Yeah, you understand probability a lot better if you like regularly. Right. You're actively engage yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what else do you want to know about long COVID? Yeah, I was hearing that for most people does taper off is that being understood or is that like like not to be like therefore it's fine but just like less of a like oh god my life is over this thing has happened or whatever like i I was under the impression that people not that it should people should feel like their life is over even if they get it bad but like not that it, hmm. it's not debilitating. It's not permanent. It's not necessarily. Like it's not necessarily permanently debilitating to everyone who gets it, and that it like a lot of people. It's about a way slower getting better, but not everyone. Some people, it's about a permanent effect, um, but that other people are like recovering just very slowly. Is that? Am I completely I've off? Heard, I have no idea. I've heard that empirically, but I I didn't find a study that like okay. I, I found studies acknowledging that for some people after a few months, they get better. Like okay. even if they start out with long COVID symptoms, they'll get better, but I didn't actually see numbers about, and I think part of that is that it hasn't been long enough. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and even if, so, so I keep comparing this to an autoimmune disease, but they haven't actually said like, this is in fact an autoimmune disease, you know, there mm-hmm. are people who say it's because of mass cell activation. There are people who say it's actually, a neurological issue like they're still figuring it out hmm. but if in fact it, it it does function like an autoimmune disease you would need years to see yeah. how it actually impacts people because people might have a slow recovery and feel better and then you know their immune system could be triggered by something they'll get sick again so yeah that makes sense i just don't know yeah so yeah, i might not be illness. fatigued and coughing forever is what you're saying yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. But if you are, people are researching the efficacy of low dose naltrexone. So. And I'll get my brain back, maybe. Oh, cool. At least some percentage. <laughs> have, yeah. you, I, have you tried yoga? <laughs> You're actually not supposed to do stretchy, like uh, that's what they flexibility want. things with Ellie's Donlos. So oh. It's like the antithesis of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> interesting so no <laughs> I, I i hope that as we talked about not people not being able to tell when people are being sarcastic i, I hope that i manage that one with tone <laughs> okay wait but i need yoga for my ptsd now i'm lost 
You could just try the breathing exercise. Okay. Meditation. That's um, the one universal good. Yeah. Maybe. Let's see if a sleep disorder. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like what we're doing right now is like a, a small encapsulated version of what these like uh, chronic illness communities do on a larger <laughs> scale. And at a certain point, I just like have to detach myself because I'm like, everything will harm you. <laughs> yeah. Um, How about we talk about other headlines? Yeah. 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 Um, I found some fun ones. Okay. So uh, I don't remember exactly what she said. I'm sure anyone on Twitter saw it, but Marjorie Taylor Greene was basically like, the country should get a divorce, (laughs) which, like, in my mind is civil war. Um, That's a fun one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I, I, um, I like that one also because it's like people talk about like red states, blue states, and people are like, oh, well, you know, Oklahoma's banning trans people. Fortunately, no trans people live there. Like, that's not fucking true. And like, mm. and even from a like Democrat Republican binary, the difference between a red state and a blue state is usually about 60, 40, one way or the other. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, and like, and that's what people aren't acknowledging. Um, well, there's a million things people well, aren't acknowledging. Well, that's sort of what she wanted. She wanted to, uh, part of that comment she made was about proposing that if people move to a red state from a blue state, they should have a period where they can't vote, which would in <laughs> fact make it so that they were purely red states. <laughs> oh That's true. As a, I am not a Democrat, but I live in a red state and I am, I am far worse than what they're afraid of with the Democrats. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. My fun headline. Are we just doing like one headline back and forth for a moment? Is sure. That the... Yeah. Why let's not? do it. Massive floods and mudslides in Brazil oh. killed 36 people, leaving 800 people homeless, displacing thousands of people, um, hitting multiple cities. Just massive fuck off um, disaster that didn't even make it to my social media headlines. That makes me want to message Mina. Yeah, not a bad idea to check in with your mm-hmm. friends. I mean, sometimes it's like Brazil's a very large country, right? And so like, you know, like if someone something happens in the Pacific Northwest and someone, my friend from another country is like, are you okay? But then again, I wouldn't actually <laughs> right. be sad. Check right. anyone, even if some, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, federal emergency SNAP benefits are ending March 1st. Thanks, Biden. Boo. Yay. Boo. For some people, that means the difference between like $270 a month and $20 a month. It's like a huge amount of money. Um, yeah. yeah. For me, it's the difference between See, like being able to just buy the foods I need and knowing there's going to be enough versus like having to really pay attention and budget of things to make sure I don't run out by the end of the month. Like it's not, it's not even a huge amount of difference for me, but it's enough of like the difference between uh, having to pay close attention and just being able to just buy food like normal. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a few different posts by food pantry volunteers who are like, it's already like wild in food pantries and it's not even March 1st yet. So. Uh, floods in New Zealand killed f- at least four people and displaced 9,000 people. Wow. All these headlines, it's like things show up in the head in the news when it happens. And then like this one in New Zealand, it's like killed at least four people and there's a thousand and three hundred people unaccounted for. And that article is from a while ago. Um, and so I didn't find an updated article. Um, the fact that I didn't find an updated article 
probably means that a thousand more people didn't die, but it was real fucking bad. Yeah, and then there's 9,000 people that got displaced, and we probably don't know what happened to them and where they went. Yeah. yeah. Um, are, you, are we still ping-ponging, or should I just go sure. through the rest of mine? Okay. Oh, no, I'll go. Uh, Walgreens uh, mm. recently caved mm. to conservative pressure and agreed to stop selling MIFO. MIFO, MIFO I get the full names of MISO and MIFO confused, um, but it's one of one the main part abortion of- drugs. Yeah, uh, in a pro-choice state. Boo. Well, in a pro-choice, I didn't. Oh yeah, it's Kansas, which is a pro-choice state, and the you know, in case you needed the added kicker, MIFO is also used for completing miscarriages, so people will not be able to access that drug if they have a miscarriage. Fuck. At least not in Walgreens. So you know, change pharmacies. Burn down Walgreens if you want. Uh, legally Walgreens and then yeah in Minecraft um ah in Tsarist Russia that's what I'm pushing for <laughs> is the new in Minecraft they cracked <laughs> Minecraft that's all about Tsarist Russia. Russia um warming oceans are cutting into the world's widest glacier they're cutting like big trenches from the bottom um into the world's widest glacier the Thwadis Ultimately, these melting glaciers over the next couple hundred years will likely raise global sea level by 10 feet. Is that an Antarctic glacier? I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm assured by a friend who's like a right-wing researcher, or who isn't right-wing but does research into right-wing hate groups, that this is probably going to be a non-issue. But apparently, an Idaho hate group on Telegram has been calling for an anti-Semitic day of hate this Shabbat, um, and I have friends in the areas where this is happening who have said that their synagogues are canceling services. Boo. Oh, fuck. Boo. It fucking bums me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, economic research firm Moody's looked at U.S. cities most at risk for combined heat, drought, and sea level rise over the next 30 years. Basically, like, what U.S. cities are going to be most impacted by climate change over the next couple decades. And the losers are the Bay Area, a whole bunch of Florida, New York City, <laughs> Tucson and Phoenix, Arizona, and Wilmington, Delaware. Wow. Wilmington, Delaware. That's the only I think one. A lot of, I think a I lot of Delaware isn't very high up isn't very high above sea level. I see. I feel like New Orleans. There's no, there's no cities that anyone knows the name of in Delaware besides Wilmington. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm guessing neither of you all have heard of Wilmington, Delaware. No. (laughs) Delaware is mostly known as Delaware. Like literally when I would go to Delaware as a kid, there was a magnet on the fridge that was Delaware with a little question mark. Oh, but uh, then and then uh, the safest. Oh, okay. I've got like one more, or two more. Cool. Um, the safest places are pretty much the Midwest, like the Dakotas and shit. Unless you're trans. Um, <laughs> anyway, but but basically, like a lot of actually Appalachia and the Midwest are safest from like drought because of large reservoirs um, and some other climate change and sea level rise because they're away from the ocean. Uh, Indian scientists are sounding the alarm of the first heat wave of the year. It's it's February. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, last year they kind of didn't have a spring and it fucked up their wheat production. Wheat production was down 10% for that reason um, or 11 million metric tons less than they normally produce, which caused them to ban export of wheat in order to not starve. Um, but this was bad timing, of course, because the Ukraine. Russia invading Ukraine. I mean, um, Russia stopping imperialism by invading another country. Shut up, you tanky. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, so... This is the second year in a row. And the fact that extreme weather events, whatever, we all know it's climate change, but like extreme weather events back to back um, are another major indicator of something. And it's they're expecting really bad heat waves um, this year. How long has it been since we weren't actively having an extreme weather event somewhere, you know? I don't fucking know. Yeah, um, me neither. And then the only other headline I got is that a Nazi couple in Baltimore was arrested for plotting to attack power stations. They didn't get very far along in their plans, I think, before they got caught by the feds. Nazis really hate electricity. Yeah. Apparently. I know. I know that's not the... <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Just like... Eh? Eh? Yeah. Oh. Uh... <laughs> like, do they have... I turned 40, I'm allowed to now. Go ahead. <laughs> The real mom joke. Do they have their own like generators? Is that why they're like, fuck the power station? I mean, probably. I mean, I see that's an accelerationist thing, but like they it's an accelerationist need electricity thing. too. Um, yeah, overall, the the vague idea is that they think that um general I I don't know about this couple, but the general idea behind Nazis attacking power stations is to cause enough instability to cause societal collapse, which they believe will trigger a race war because white people will all band together and kill all the non-white people, which, um, no, they're not. Mm -mm. Um, I think people will band together and kill the Nazis uh, when there's no longer laws about murdering Nazis. Yeah. People get together with people that they, I mean, okay. Like you, you can see times like in new Orleans, some hate groups went around and, um, shot black people, uh, in, in the wake of, um, in Katrina, but, but then didn't people respond to that by being like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of people with, uh, of all races with guns then shot at the people and scared them off. Um, that is what will happen in the like weird, like even the fucking general center, right. And even like the non Nazi, right. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too optimistic, but like, I don't think they're going to get very far with this attack power stations to bring about the race war. I think it's about as nonsensical as fucking Charles Manson and it's like fucking helter skelter race war bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I'm so... <laughs> I'm going to bring it up. Fuck it. Um, mm-hmm. I like how the last of us <laughs> uh-huh. in the bill episode portrayed mm-hmm. this like, who I immediately thought was going to be this like right wing asshole, um, you know, individualist, like altering his ways and whatever. Margaret and I have talked about this, how like it could have been, it could have been cooler. He could have like brought in a whole bunch of community and stuff, but maybe he just brought in the people he had access to. um, Yeah. Because he realized his way of doing things was not sustainable. We should have talked about this episode as prepper representation so and culture had a really positive 
Um, yeah. I, really positive. If you watch The Last of Us, if you haven't watched The Last of Us episode <laughs> three, um, could kind of stand alone as a mini movie if you skip the first like five, ten minutes. Um, and really positive representation of a, a like, like classic a prepper. Yeah, totally. And it is a classic prepper. A guy has a fucking Gadsden flag on his wall and lives in a bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, and like rules. And I fucking am so here for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the way I would have prepped and it's not the way I would have handled it because I would have built community. But I, I don't know. I mean, I would have built community oh, right. and then still had my separate house where I hide from everyone. <laughs> to your previous point though like even people who are maybe let's say he was a libertarian that's what i think when yeah. i see gadsden flag uh yeah. people who maybe were more in the individualist spectrum when yeah. shit actually hits the fan they tend to still uh act communally yeah and that that that's like a good note, note to end on yeah, yeah. <laughs> take care of each other we can do this um all these Nazis bound to lose. I don't know. Ukraine held on for a year. And then like, even like, okay, like the trans shit, right? It's like, they're all like fucking coming really hard for us right now because we're no longer closeted to the same degree because we are like actually in so many ways better off than we were 10, 15 years ago. Um, So many more people have access to care. So many more people have access to like communities that respect their gender. Um, We've made huge strides and it has scared the shit out of them. And that's why they're lashing out. And it sucks. I don't like being lashed out at. But yeah. How was that for rousing? That That's good. People roused. Rousing. Not a rouse, just regular rouse. Who's <laughs> doing the outro? Me. Which I was just trying to do with my song, but Oh good, good. Sorry. Mm. It's fine. Come on, buzz. <clears throat> I keep doing that. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks so much for listening to our speedy installment of This Month in the Apocalypse. We come at you as members of the Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness Publishing Collective, which produces two, soon to be three, other podcasts, creates zines, and publishes books. You can check out the great stuff on our website, tangledwilderness.org. We're also on some social media platforms somewhere where you can connect with us. And we are able to do all of these rad things because we are supported by an incredible variety of people on Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash strangers in a tangled wilderness. Our lovely Patreon supporters at the $20 a month level get a special shout out at the end of every podcast because you are so very near and dear to us. We thank you. Jans, Haas the Dog, Micaiah, Chris, Sam, Kirk, Eleanor, Jennifer, Starro, Kat J, and Chelsea, Dana, David, Nicole, Mickey, Paige, SJ, Sean, Hunter, Theo, Boise Mutual Aid, Milicia, Paparona, and Allie. Thanks so much for listening.